praise God Almighty. Thank you, Saberna. Thank you, Sima, for a wonderful time of worship as always. And indeed, thank you to all of the worship teams for the work that they've been doing through lockdown and all of the preachers and the leaders in the different departments who have been stepping up uh, to lead through this time. Thank you all very much. It's not easy, you know, if you happen to be in one of the houses of one of these worship teams while they're recording. It, it, just recording in your home can completely turn the place upside down. So thanks guys for all of your hard work through lockdown. Uh, most of you will know the government in the UK have again extended the lockdown, increased the restrictions slightly for the next, uh, I don't know, maybe one month or more. So we won't be able to meet physically. Um, they've restricted those numbers very low at six in any given meeting, either indoors or, or outdoors. So please do participate in, in all of the different groups we've got going. Schools are back and that means many things. <laughs> Last week, the Wednesday meeting, uh, the Wednesday prayer meeting, which happens at 6.30 till 8, it's a WhatsApp group, that restarted. So every Wednesday going forward, please do join us in that group. Also, LIW has recommenced. It's happening on Friday nights. It's on Zoom and it's from 8 till 9. Same procedure. If you haven't got the link, just message us and we'll send you the link to both of those meetings. So Wednesday, Friday, and of course, here on Sunday for the unforeseeable future. God bless you. Um, last week, if you were with us, the, the title of last week's message was Turning Point. And I just drew a few uh, examples from Scripture about some of the men of God in Scripture or nations in Scripture who it seemed they had to get to a very low place, like rock bottom, before they turned to God. And I was drawing a comparison there between the world in its current situation. I mean, we've got an economic crisis, we've got the political crisis, we've got social crisis, racial crisis, health crisis. It, it, we're, we're heading pretty rapidly towards some kind of rock bottom here. And I just wanted people to see that it's time to turn to God. It's time for nations to turn to God, for individuals to turn to God, for churches to turn to God, to turn back to him with all of our might. This is the day in which we live. If I can open with a comparison there between the prodigal son and us and what the prodigal did. You remember, he went a long way from God. He, got, uh, he was afar off. And then the Bible says that he, he wasn't thinking straight. The Bible says he came to his senses. He started to think straight. And then when he hit that rock bottom, he turning, he came to his turning point. He turned around and then he went back. He had to come back. Last week's message was, the title was Turning Point. Today's message, the title is Come Back. And I want to prophesy to you, I want to preach to you, I want to pray for you that you will find your comeback. Many people have lost a lot in these last six, seven months. A lot. Careers have been lost. Relationships that should have been have not been. We're handling a few situations like that ourselves where marriages have not taken place. People were supposed to get married and they can't because of the restrictions in different countries, you know. So a lot of things are on hold and that can be very painful, very sad for many people. But I want to show you today, many people in scripture had a comeback. When God was with them, he was able to bring them to that place. What a strange time. What a strange time. As some of you know, I've 
done many series on end times for television, for radio, written two books on end times. So I'm familiar with the topic, but how different it is to live it, <laughs> right? How different it is to live in this moment and to be alive at this time. These are the things we studied. These are the things we taught happening before us, right? It's, it's amazing, absolutely amazing. And it's, it's somewhat exciting, but also you feel such a responsibility I feel a responsibility to communicate to you, you know, do you understand what's happening? Oh God, God help us. May God help the church, open the eyes of the church, open the ears of the church to understand the days and the times in which you have been trusted to live. How amazing is this? What time is it? <laughs> what time is it? It's the end times. That's the time it is. And Jesus gave many pieces of advice, warnings, instructions, commands to the end times church about how we should live. And let me read this scripture. This is Matthew chapter 24, the famous end times chapter. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 42. This is Jesus talking to us about how we should live in these days. He says this, therefore keep watch. We should be watching. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day the Lord will come. Now, did we know there was going to be a pandemic? Did you prepare for that? No, no one, no warning, nothing of this, right? Therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day the Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of a house had known at what time of the night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and he would not have let his house be broken into. So also you must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Who then is the faithful and wise servant who the master has put in charge of his servants of his household to give them their food at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. This is Jesus saying, as the Lord begins to, as it becomes very obvious that Jesus is coming back, there are certain things that Christians should be doing and certain things definitely that they should not be doing. And there is a long list in both categories there, by the way. At this moment, friends, please listen to me. There are things that you should not be doing. And there are things that you should be doing. So don't get distracted in this moment. That's what that scripture alludes to. I'll tell you what you should not be doing. This is, in this time, this is not a time to settle old scores. Amen. Let it go. This is not a time to hoard wealth, it says that in the book of James. Woe to you who hoard wealth in the last moments, in the last days. This is not a time to build bigger barns or to get distracted. It's not a time for self-promotion or for pride or for rebellion. It's a time for us, certainly as the church, to work together. Those of you who have been rebellious, be rebellious no more. If you have sought your own promotion, don't seek your promotion anymore, if you understand what I mean by that. I, I grew up in Belfast, in the middle of a war. It, it was a sad reality, you know, with all of my childhood. I left when I was 17, and all of those years, all of those 17 years, there was nothing but bombs and bullets. But one occasion really sticks out to me, and it was a bomb that took place 
in a crowded shop on a very busy Saturday. And the bomb went off inside and the building collapsed and many people were trapped inside and the building was on fire. So it was a terrible situation. It was a very busy street. So lots of people were trying to help. But it was, as you can imagine, it was a crisis, chaotic, panic situation. But one man stood up, I guess I never did find out who he was, but he was excellent. One man stood up in the crowd and began to organize the, the, the people into lines. So they formed lines, this line, that line, that line, and they began to take the rubble and to pass it down the line as they were reaching in to try and rescue the people inside. And I remember watching the video of this happening, how co cooperative everybody was. Everybody did what they were supposed to do. No one was saying, I want to be at the front of the line, you know? That would be ridiculous. It's not a time for that. This is a crisis moment. It's not a time for self-promotion, not a time for pride, not a time to say, I can organize better than this. No, not a time for that, not a time for rebellion. At that moment, the people on that street, they were excellent. And they all cooperated with that leader and thank God some people were saved though many died. So I pray for you and for the churches in the world, for me, that at this moment, we will cooperate with one another, cooperate with the church, put yourself aside, your own desires as it were, and focus on what is important in these last days. Jesus has many things to say about this. There's been many comebacks in history, in, in every arena. I was with my son once and we were watching Liverpool Football Club and he was a passionate fan for Liverpool, you know. And this sad day, the first half of the match, it was the final of the Champions League. So he was hyped up and they were losing 3-0 at halftime. And my son was dejected and to be honest, so was I. I mean, coming back from 3-0 in a Champions League final, that's a big ask, right? And I remember the team coming out of that tunnel at, 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 for the second half. And one particular man, Steven Gerrard. I mean, that guy on that pitch was totally in faith. He believed that they were going to win. From 3-0, they did win. They actually won, uh, I think it was 4-3. They came back and got that Champions League trophy. It was even mentioned in Parliament within the UK. Excellent comeback. Last week turn around. This week, uh, come back. So I pray for you and for me and for the churches that in some way we find the comeback that God has for us. When you're losing 3-0, you can feel as if you failed, right? If you're losing 3, if you just lost your job or you just lost a relationship, it, it, you can feel pretty dejected. I mean, going into that tunnel, Stephen Gerrard must have felt pretty down. 3-0, wow. And you've got to have a turning point with that attitude. You've got to believe in the comeback. And he had been playing for so long and had so many football matches. He's come back before, right? He's come back before. He was the right guy to have on that pitch that day. Because he came out of that, as I say, like a lion ready to, to take that trophy, and they did. I guess in his mind, failure was part of the process. Conceding those three goals, it's part of the process. But we're going to get up from this loss, and we're going to take advantage of this moment. We're going to use it to motivate us. How powerful is that? Failure is part of the process. 
I mean, if you've ever taught a child to walk, that child is going to fall over. And when that child falls over, this is very natural. We don't bat an eyelid at that. The first thing you say to that child is, get up, stand up. What looks like a setback, you know, bump, it looks like a setback, but it's not a setback. That can be a comeback. You're going to learn from that. Get back on your feet. Whoever learned to ride a bike without falling off it? Whoever learned to ride a horse without some kind of fall off that horse at some time? So don't be frightened of failure. Failure is not permanent. Yeah? Failure can often be God. It's not a, failure can be God setting you up right for a comeback as you'll see in a moment in many scriptures my my friend Shane Comiskey in Singapore he has a famous sermon he preaches he's preached it in many different countries and it's called the blessing of failure and in that message he goes through many biblical characters and characters in history who all had to stand up and get back on the horse <coughs> excuse me so I say to you this morning God wants to turn your out into an in he wants to turn your down to an up and he wants to turn your backwards into a forwards the bible says even though a righteous man fall seven times yet you shall arise so father we pray this morning that you would take this word of comeback and whatever area the people watching this message wherever they are in the nations whatever area they need to come back in I pray right now you will put a spirit of faith within them that they will believe that this is possible. With God, all things are possible. Amen. So last week, there was three very important points we saw there in the attitude and the behavior and the decisions of David. When David had lost everything, he was in Ziklag. But he was a man after God's own heart. And he found the right strategy to come back and get everything back. And so he did. Firstly, remember, he encouraged himself in the Lord. And I advise you to do that. Secondly, he praised the Lord for all God had done, all God was doing, and all God's going to do. And thirdly, which is really important, it says that David inquired of the Lord about his comeback. David stopped a moment and he inquired, Lord, if I take this course of action, are you going to be with me? Because I've made this mistake before. That's how I ended up in Ziklag. I didn't inquire. I made my own plans. I said you were with me, but all the time I knew it was just me. I've made this mistake before and I'm not going to make it again. So David stopped. He inquired of the Lord. And he said, if you come with me, if you're telling me you're with me, I'll go. And God speaks to that and says, yes, David, go. I, I deal with many churches. Every day of my life, I'm dealing with churches on, at the moment on Zoom. <laughs> and many, many leaders, many pastors, many worship leaders, cell leaders, disciples, I see them making decisions. And they're so presumptuous. People presume that God is with them in their relationships, in their choice for a marriage partner, they presume that God is with them. They, they launch a ministry and they can presume, of course God is with me. You know, I'm going to start this minute or move to this country or, or marry this person. 
And there's a pres an underlying presumption there that you see again and again and again, and it can lead to disaster. I'm not sure if God is with many people at all. You need to inquire, before you start your comeback, are you listening? <laughs> before you start your comeback, inquire of the Lord and make sure, ask God, are you with me in this relationship? Are you with me in this ministry? Are you with me in this career? And I pray that he meets you in that place. When our heart is right, the Lord will meet you. He will speak to you and guide you. There are many examples of people in the world who had famous comebacks. Two people you may know. The famous Dragon's Den star, Peter Jones, a multi-multi-millionaire. And Simon Cowell from The X Factor. Two very famous people, even in global terms, they're famous. But they're good friends together, very different people, very different people indeed. And you may think, well, how on earth do these two people become friends? They're both incredibly wealthy people. But the reason they became friends is when they first met and they began to talk to one another, both of them had become completely bankrupt in their late 20s. They were both very successful, millionaires already, but both of them made bad choices. And both of them ended up bankrupt and both of them had to go back to their parents. So when they were talking to one another, this actually bonded them together and they get a lot out of that relationship. Not just them, but I'm sure you've heard Richard Branson's story. Richard Branson is famous for a lot of successes, but I saw a documentary on all of his companies all the companies he's founded and formed over history, there were more companies that failed than succeeded. I mean, on the list, it was amazing. Gone into administration, gone into administration, non-profitable, you know, bankruptcy over and over and over again within the companies. But in, he knew how to come back and keep on trying. And I'm telling you this morning, folks, as we reach a turning point in these last days, God is with us. God is for you. Let's encourage ourselves with that. Let's thank him that he's been with us in the past. Let's believe for him to be with us today and let's receive his direction for the future. I want to just list a few specifics this morning of areas in which you may need to come back. And these will be different for different people watching this morning. But the first area that you can come back in is in the area of relationships. When you pastor churches, you know, there's a lot of pain in people's lives in relationships. It's singles, marrieds, divorced, many, many, many pains in people's lives. And some people feel that they're just a relational disaster. When I look at my life, pastor, my life has been in terms of relationships, it just seems like a disaster. Well, I think of Joseph in the book of Genesis. If anybody had relational disasters, it was Joseph. His relationship with his father was not good. It just didn't work well. It wasn't creating a, a good character in Joseph at all. It was making him very proud. That uh, father-son relationship was partly dysfunctional at that time. Joseph's relationship with his brothers, well, that was bad, right? So he's not great with his father. His brothers want to kill him and you know the story, he gets sent off into Egypt, etc. But then the relationship with Pharaoh goes sour and Joseph is getting older and older and older. And he should have, he was probably sitting in that prison thinking, 
my relationships are a disaster. But you know what the Bible says? God was with Joseph. And the day came when he's released and he ends up, as you know, prince of Egypt. And God was in the strategy all the time. And the beautiful chapter, chapter 50, when the brothers come to Joseph and they don't recognize him. But eventually, all of Joseph's relationships were put back in order. Joseph had a huge relational comeback. So I empathize with you watching this morning. If you have had difficulty in your relationships, just can't seem to get on with people. Maybe it's marriage, maybe it's children, relatives, in your workplace, your neighbor, whatever, or in the church. I pray for a comeback in Jesus' name. Humble yourself like Joseph did. Let the transformative work of God. Joseph had changed drastically by the time you get to Genesis 50. He was humble, not proud anymore. And God was able to bring all those relationships back to fruition. Second area in which we may need a comeback is from isolation. And I don't mean because of the virus. I just mean isolation in life. You can feel very alone. You can feel insignificant. As if, you know, you haven't been discovered yet. Nobody knows who I am. You can feel ignored. Uh, it's a very painful thing. I've been there. I felt like, you know, do I exist <laughs> at certain times of my life, my younger life? You can feel completely out of it, insignificant. This was a problem for Moses. Remember, Moses had a calling to deliver the people of Israel. And he knew this. This was his job. But he went about it the wrong way. Remember, he kills the Egyptian and then he ends up in isolation. And now he's a man with a calling who knows he has something to do, but he's in the middle of nowhere. Nobody knows who he is. Nobody recognizes who he is. And it must have been a very painful and confusing 40 years in insignificance, 40 years being ignored for Moses. But then comes the wonderful occasion of the burning bush. For 40 years, Moses has been saying to himself, <clears throat> I am called, aren't I? I am a deliverer. I am a deliverer. I know I'm a deliverer. I may not look like a deliverer here as a shepherd, but I am a deliverer. And eventually, God meets him at the burning bush. Moses, yes, you are a deliverer. And we're going to do this my way. And you know the story. Fantastic end for Moses when he delivers the people of Israel. So you can have a comeback from feeling insignificant, feeling ignored, feeling like you're undiscovered as it were. Ray Belfield, I think some of you will know Ray Belfield. He was my overseer for many years, for 10 or 15 years. He, he died recently. But Ray's testimony, I love Ray's testimony. He was the leader of the largest church in the United Kingdom for a long time. It was in Manchester at that time, back in the 50s. And many miracles took place. And he was quite famous at one moment. He was also the superintendent for Assemblies of God in the United Kingdom. He was superintendent for nearly 20 years, I think. But once he got into his early 60s, the church, and I mean this kindly, the church kind of parked Ray, you know, because they didn't need him as pastor anymore. They didn't need him to lead Assemblies of God anymore. He didn't have a church anymore. And I've traveled with Ray, just me and him, many, many times. And he told me this story, you know. I'm in my early 60s. I've worked since I was a youth. And suddenly, 
I'm no longer relevant. I'm insignificant. I feel ignored, you know. And thank God, one day he was in a pastor's meeting and he just happened to bump into Rick Seward. And Rick Seward recognized him. Someone recognized his giftings. Someone saw him and called him. And the latter 20 years of Ray Belfield's life were enormously greater than the previous 60. Hallelujah. Someone can see you. Someone will spot you. Someone will recognize what other people can't see. God sees the insignificant. He knows who you are. And he's the one who put the calling in you, whatever that calling or ministry may be. But encourage yourself in the Lord. Praise him for everything he's done and for his faithfulness. And then come back and inquire of him as to how we go about the future. Failure is part of life, guys. Failure is part of life. Failure is part of success. When we get back on the horse, when we get back on the bike, when we get back on our feet. Uh, I've, I've written several books, as, as you know. It's, I saw the testimony this week of the, a book called Chicken Soup for the Soul. I remember that book. Every pastor had a copy of this. It was the, probably the early 90s that this book came out. Very famous book. But the test, it was written by two men. And the testimony of those men was, they went, I think it was 14 different publishers, they brought that manuscript to. No, 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 nobody wanted the book because they said it just wasn't relevant today. And eventually they got a publisher to take the book. That book sold 8 million copies. So all of that rejection was wrong. All of those people who didn't recognize what they were holding, they couldn't see it. But someone saw it. And today I want to pray that God puts you in connection with the people who recognize you. Not everybody's going to get you. But some people will. The important people will. The people God sends will. So we can come back in our relationships. You can come back from insignificance or feeling ignored or not being recognized. And thirdly, you can come back from failing to do what you know God sent you to do. This is a, a really painful one as well. Remember Samson. Samson's the classic example in this point. Samson was sent to deliver Israel from bondage. What happened Samson? He ended up in bondage, right? He ended up in bondage to the very people and the very things that he was sent. That was his ministry. So he failed completely initially in his ministry. Samson's hair had a setback. Samson's hair had a cutback, but Samson's hair had a comeback. And when that hair came back, there was no stopping him, right? And scripture says he did more in his death than he had achieved in his life in terms of disabling the Philistines. Same story, point four, with the apostle Peter. And I love this story. Peter had failed to fulfill his own potential, called by Jesus, discipled personally by Jesus amazing situation and then Peter denies Jesus and I love this story I love it for every part of it I think is so beneficial for us scripture says that Peter went and he wept bitterly after he had denied Jesus he I believe that he thought everything was over he didn't see a comeback 
He didn't see uh, at that moment that God could possibly give him a second chance. But Peter was in for a great surprise. What surprise? The day of Pentecost. The weakness that he had when he denied Christ. That weakness was swept away when he was empowered by the Holy Spirit. And the same Peter, when he had his comeback, served God for a further 30 years. Praise God for that. And ended up being one of the foundational martyrs of the church that you and I enjoy today. And lastly, this is an important one. For some of us, we need to come back with favor. The favor of God, or perhaps the favor of men, or the favor of both, God and men. Have you ever been in a situation where a leader or your boss or someone, they bless this person, but they don't bless that person? And you see this happen, right? So this boss promotes this person, but they don't promote that person. Or this person gets blessed, but that person doesn't get blessed. And you can think, whoa, 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 what's happening here? Well, what's happening is favor. What's happening, some people receive the favor of God. Some people receive the favor of men. And both of these, of course, are very important, God's being the ultimate favor. We need to be in the favor of God. And you can fall out of that favor of God, and you need to make a comeback by certain actions, like David did, as we saw last week. It's bad news, you know, if you fall out of favor with the wrong people. Some people are very significant. There's cracking example of this in the Bible with the Apostle Paul. There was a young missionary called John Mark, a young pastor, and we don't know what the reason was, but I mean, Paul is a pretty big figure, right? You don't want to be out of favor with Paul. But John Mark wants to go on this missionary trip, and the Apostle Paul won't recognize his ministry. Paul says, no, I, I'm not going to have this man, you know, with me. That's a devastating blow. And many years go by, and we don't know what happened. But all we see is we see the Paul write a letter organizing missions and in the letter he says, oh yes, remember that young man, John Mark? Bring him along. He could be useful for ministry. So even though this person had fallen out of favor with a very significant person, Paul, somehow he was able to make a comeback. And I pray that for you, any of you seeking favor in whatever department it may be, in relationships, in marriage, in ministry, in your career, with your boss in work, whatever it might be. Last week, turning point. Let's turn back to God in these last days. This week, come back. The practical steps of inquiring of the Lord. Father, in my relationships, if I have been relationally dysfunctional, I thank you that you're the God of the comeback. Bless my relationships from this moment forward in Jesus' name. If I've fallen into insignificance or I'm feeling ignored or somehow I haven't quite made the connections I need, Lord, send me the person who gets me. Send me the person who recognizes me. Make the divine connections. If I have failed to fulfill the will of God, Lord, would you grace me again? Like Samson, he said that, you know, Lord, trust me with this anointing one last time. If I fail to live up to my potential like Peter, Father, fill me with the Holy Spirit that I can make a comeback. And if, for whatever reason, I have fallen out of favor 
with either God and man or both. Father, would you restore that favor and give us, give me, give our churches, give the church in the world a comeback in all these areas in these last days. That's it. So I pray as you turn, join me this morning in prayer, wherever you are, just stop a moment and join me in prayer, just one moment on these issues and commit them to the Lord. And I agree with you for a comeback in whichever area has prophetically spoken to you this morning. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you are the God of the comeback. And we have this, not just as testimonies all around us in today's relationships, but we have it biblically in the life of Samson, the life of Peter, the life of David. And we pray and believe for this in our lives also. I pray for the relationships of everyone watching, that those who may feel dysfunctional in this area, thank you for Joseph. And we can have the same blessing in our relationships. Father, for those who need to be recognized, who feel ignored or haven't made the, the right connections, I pray for those divine, blessed connections to come in Jesus' name. For those who are failing to fulfill God's will, they're not the first, but it can happen. They can make that comeback. For those who haven't fulfilled their potential, Father, like Peter, fill them today with the Holy Spirit and let them have that comeback. And for all of us, we pray and we agree in prayer this morning that the favor of Almighty God would rest upon us, rest upon our families, our homes, and our future, our churches, and the favor of men also, that you will bless us in our relationships, whether it be in work, neighbors, or church. Bless us with renewed favor that we might come back with strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. And as I said at the beginning, you can join us every Sunday here on Facebook Live and YouTube. We love you. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye for now.